Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Shure Foundation Church. I'm Pastor John, and whenever you are, however you are, wherever you are, you are so welcome. We are glad that you're with us today. We're going to open up with the Word of God. We're going to plunge right into the Word this morning. We're going to go to the book of John, John chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. We're in John chapter, John's gospel, chapter three and verse one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these things that you have done except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it came from and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, are you a master of Israel and know not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Father, we thank you right now for this time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come into your presence this morning. Lord, we lift you up right now. Whenever we are, wherever we are, however we're doing where we are, we lift you up, Lord. We pause. We take a moment to be still. And we thank you, Father God, for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. We lift you up. We praise you. We thank you. We give you the glory that is due your name. Lord, we owe you a praise this morning for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. Lord, even if we can't see it right now, even if we can't feel it right now, even if even if we're in a place of despair and of darkness, we thank you, Lord God, that 
you have already brought us out so that you can bring us in to a large place and to a wealthy place and to a place of comfort and to our desired haven. And we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are our savior. You are the bishop and lover of our souls. You are the captain of our salvation. You are the high priest of our lives. You are the, you are the, uh, the, the one who, who loves us more than we could love ourselves. We praise you and we thank you, Lord God this morning. And we ask you, Lord, to speak expressly unto us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to have your way. We thank you, Father God, that you would speak freely. We thank you, Lord God, that that no weapon formed against your people, no weapon of distraction this morning, no weapon of destruction this morning, no weapon of devastation this morning. We thank you, Father God, that no weapon formed against your people prospers. Every tongue that rises against your people in judgment any voices that are speaking to your people, whether they're audible or inaudible, Lord, whether they're voices of our circumstances or voices of our own minds speaking unto us, whether they're the voice of the enemy or whether they are voices from our past speaking devastation. We thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us and every tongue, every voice that rises against us to condemn us. We thank you, Lord God, that you have put that thing down because this is our inheritance as your servants, as your daughters, as your sons. And our righteousness is not our own, but our righteousness of you. And now, Lord, behold the threatenings of the enemy and grant unto your servant that with all boldness, I may make known the mystery of the gospel. As we stretch forth your hand to heal, as I lift up my voice that you would speak through me, Lord, that signs and wonders might be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And if you're in agreement with that prayer, just say amen, hallelujah. We welcome you. We are so glad that you're with us today. I'm Pastor John. You can find us online online at surefoundationchurchnj.org. You can find us on YouTube and on Facebook at Sure Foundation Church NJ. You can find us on YouTube just at Sure Foundation Church. And we encourage you to download the messages by podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find a link on our website and download. You can subscribe automatically and the messages will download for you. And this will allow you to listen to the word of God over and over and over and over again. To let your heart be filled with God's word, to be inundated with God's word so that you can absorb it all the time. Praise God. Uh, we're going to open up this morning here in the book of Romans chapter five. And the message for today, we're going to continue with this message on the salvation of God through grace and through faith. Hallelujah, the salvation of God for you and for me, and that is through grace and through faith. And I want to encourage you right off the bat that just because you and I are born again, we just read here in John chapter three what it means to be born again. Hallelujah. It it means to start all over again, but it means to start all over again in God. You know, just like just like you, you, you know, we all have a start that we, 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 you know, we might not be able to remember. You know, we have our earliest memory, my earliest memory. I think I might've been about three years old sitting on my father's lap uh, while he was watching a football game or something. That's my earliest memory. But my point is that we all have a start. We all, we, you know, we can't always recall our start. Hallelujah. But God has no start. And the blessing is that we can be born again and get a new start 
in God. And as a person that who is saved, who is born again, we know that God has already saved us, but we also recognize that we're going to need God to save us again. God has saved us and God is in the process of saving us on a, on a daily basis. And God will save us ultimately, you know, from a future perspective when our, when our mortality finally puts on immortality. So salvation is already, that's a, you know, we're going to define what salvation is, but I want to encourage you that it's not a one-time thing, that it's a continual process, that salvation is three facets, that their salvation is that God has for us is for eternity. So God's salvation for you and I is outside of time. It's outside of what we can chronicle. It's outside of what we understand as natural time. And, but even when it comes to natural time, God's salvation fills every space in our lives. God's salvation is for your past, it's for your present, and it's for your future. God's salvation is for back then he saved you, right now, God's saving us, hallelujah. And next week, next month, next year, God's still gonna be saving you, hallelujah, because that's how powerful the salvation of God is. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but let's go over here to Romans chapter one, excuse me, Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five, we're talking this morning about the salvation of God, the salvation that God has given you and I through grace, through faith. Um, and I have a lot of scriptures. I'm gonna skip on down here um, in Romans chapter five. I wanna skip down here to right around verse 10. Romans chapter five and verse 10 says, for if we, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved, hallelujah, by his life, glory to God. That word saved, I wanna highlight that here for a moment. You can underline that in your Bible or uh, highlight it in your digital Bible or write it down on a scrap sheet of paper, write down that word saved. I'm gonna read the scripture one more time, Romans chapter five, and verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. What that's saying is that, you know, before you and I were born again, we were actually literally God's enemies. We were not, we were not welcome into the, the heavenly kingdom. We were not a part of God's family, even though we are all God's creation. And you can understand that, right? Because Satan was once called Lucifer. The, the those that are uh, fallen spirits, unclean spirits, they were once not unclean spirits. Some of them were once angels. So we can understand this in the word of God that we are all God's creation, but that doesn't mean that we are all part of God's family. And the word of God says here in verse 10, clearly there was a day where you and I, there was a day where there's a day right now that maybe someone listening to this call is an enemy of God. The Bible talks about how before we came to Christ, we were alienated from the life of God. You know, we were on the outside looking in. We were alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that was in us because of the blindness of our heart, because we didn't know the Lord, because all we knew was ourselves. All we knew was our lives as it is, you know, or as it was, or we were enemies is the point. And it says we were used to be enemies, but now we've been reconciled to God by the death of his son. Glory to God. Did you know that the word of God died for you? Hallelujah. The word that you and I are reading, the word that we are 
breaking open right now with a physical book or virtually with some kind of an app where we can look at God's word, that word died for you and I. And in the process, it reconciled us back to God. But then it says here, much more being reconciled, it says we shall be saved. And that's what I wanted you to underline. We shall be saved. That word saved in the Greek, it's the word sozo. And it means that God has made you and I whole. God has healed the thing that was in us, that was on us, that was broken, you know, whatever that might be. It means that God has kept us safe. God has kept us sound. It means that God has rescued us from danger, from destruction, from injury, from peril. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what that word saved means. So God, you know, when the word died for you and I, the word died on purpose. You know, God sent the word on purpose to die for us so that we could be redeemed from being enemies and instead be reconciled back to God. Yes, reconciled in the sense that there was an unbalance. There was something that was off. You know, there was something that was not right. There was a relationship that was broken as a result of the word dying for us as the, as the, because of the death of his son, who is the word of God. We've all been reconciled, but we've also been saved. And that word saved in the Greek, again, it means sozo. Uh, if you wanted to spell it out, it'd be S-O-Z-O. And to define it, once again, it means that the Lord has literally made us whole. God has healed us. So if you can imagine a circle, you know, you can imagine yourself as a circle, you know, and yourself as a circle, you know where you are today. You know where you were this time last year. You can think of times in your life where that circle, circle wasn't quite whole. You know, maybe there was a uh, a break in that circle that you cut off a. It's like a a piece of pie. God wants your life to to be represented as if that pie being a full circle and that pie being full all the time. And if we, I love me some pie, but if we cut a piece of pie, depending on how big we cut it, that pie is not going to be a full circle anymore. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be some a certain percentage of that pie is going to be gone. Maybe it's 12%. Maybe it's a quarter of the pie, 25%. Maybe it's half the pie. Whatever it is, God's desire for you, God's desire is for me, is for us to be made whole. You know, there are going to be times where life takes a slice out of that pie that God wants to remain whole in our life. Life will take a slice out of that pie. And when life takes a slice, when the devil when our own decision making, you know, when the fact that maybe we don't know the Lord, that takes a slice out of the wholeness that God has for us. And it's God's desire to save us, to sozo us, meaning God wants to heal us. He wants to make that pie of our lives whole again. Whatever, whether it was 12% that was cut, whether it was 30%, whether it was 25%, whether it was half, whether it was more than half, whatever it is, wherever in your life, there's not wholeness. Jesus came to make you whole. He came to save you. He came to heal you. He came to fill up that which is lacking in your life. Maybe you are full in this area over here. God has blessed you in your finances, but in your health over here, you are seriously lacking. Maybe there's a terminal illness. Maybe there is something that is causing you pain and 
and suffering. God wants to make you whole over here in that area. God is glad that you're whole over here. God wants you to be whole here. God wants you to be whole in your relationships. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to save us. And our message for today is that God saved us by grace and through faith. Hallelujah. By his grace and through our faith. But we're defining what that word saved means in Romans chapter 5 and verse 10. And it means to make whole, make the pie whole again. Glory to God. It means to preserve. It means to keep safe and sound. It means that God is going to rescue you. He's going to rescue me from danger, from destruction. Hallelujah. It means that God is rescuing and God is, is delivering and keeping safe and sound from danger and destruction right now. But it means that God will do it in the future, just like God did it in the past. Hallelujah. It means that God wants to save. He wants to keep safe. He wants to make us sound from injury and from extreme peril from difficult circumstances, from adversity, from hardship. You know, that's what that's what that word saved means. The Lord came to save you and I, and our salvation is not just of this world, as I'm describing. Our salvation is of the world that we don't know yet, because the Bible talks about how there was a world that was, and there's a world to come. Glory to God. Did you recognize that when a person, when a person's spirit leaves their body when they pass as we say when they die that's not the end of that person the bible says that there is a world that was but the bible says that there's a world that is now and that there is a world to come and when you and i close our eyes that's when we, and i'm not just talking figuratively i'm talking actually i'm talking spiritually and actually when we close our eyes we go to another world you know you know if you think if you think traveling abroad to another country, if you think that's a long trip, how about traveling from one reality to another one? Glory to God, to the to the real reality, to the parent reality, to the reality that never dies. That's what the spirit realm is. Not even just what it represents, that's what it is. And when you and I, when any person closes their eyes, when they breathe their last, they pass over into the world to come. They cross over into the parent reality where we never die in that reality. But the Bible says that there is a such thing as spiritual death. And you know what spiritual death is? Spiritual death is eternal separation from Almighty God. Eternal separation from light, from all God's love, all God's goodness and his mercy and his grace and his faith. And that's what Jesus came to save you from more than anything else, even more than your light bill not being paid, even more than you having some kind of a, of a sickness, an ailment in your physical body, even more than, than there being a part of your, the pie of your life being sliced out and the Lord wanting to make you whole. Of course, God wants to save you in that way, but God wants to save you in the way that counts the most, which is in the, in the, in the eternal reality, in the spirit reality. God wants to save you and make sure that you are connected to him. So this is a big deal. Romans chapter five and verse 10. It's a pretty big deal, this word saved. I'm going to keep on reading here. Verse 11 says, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received this atonement. That's making it clear. The fact that you and I have been reconciled. I love that the word uses terms because we can understand these terms. The fact that you and I have been reconciled, like 
like you might reconcile your checkbook, right? In your account, your, your checkbook represents some of the, some of the transactions that are taking place in your financial account. And in your financial account, you might, you, you know, you have a certain amount that's there. And in your financial account, there's hopefully constantly things being added to the account. But we know there will certainly be things that are debited from the account. And so you write your checks and then you have that little register in your checkbook that allows you to reconcile to see what came in and what went out. Because the last thing that you want is you don't want that, that account to be get, to get too low and you certainly don't want it to become negative. So you're trying to constantly reconcile using that register. You know, what went in, what went out? Well, our lives in Christ Jesus, the fact that you and I were not always saved, we were not always born again. That tells us that there was a time that we were alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that was in us. And because of Jesus, God has taken that register in the checkbook and everything has been reconciled. So where all the negative balances were, something has come in to make those balances get atoned for. Jesus is our atonement. He's accounted for that negative balance. God has accounted for the sins of your past, the sins of my youth even our present sins, even the sins of our future, they've already been atoned for or accounted for. And they've, we've been reconciled. And on top of that, the Lord has saved us from those things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Salvation of God is not just salvation from things that are outside. Did you know that God has saved you from yourself? God has saved me from myself. What a blessing that is. Verse 12 says, wherefore, as by one man sinned into the, into the world and death by sin, we know that's talking about Adam. And so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Verse 13 says, for until the law was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam all the way to Moses, even over them that have not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God. Hallelujah. Much more the grace of God. We're talking about salvation, the, the salvation of God through grace, the salvation of God through faith. Hallelujah. It says much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Hallelujah. I want to define what the grace of God is. We, we defined this last week. And, you know, we said again that our salvation, our being saved, our being delivered and healed, made whole from injury and peril and hardship and struggle. The fact that, that God wants to save us from outside things but also save us from inside things, from ourselves. You know, yeah. That salvation, it's by God's grace. And we defined that last week. We, we, can, we, we, can, we saw it here in, um, in the book of Romans. I'm just going to read Romans chapter 1 and uh, Romans chapter 5 and verses 1 and 2 before we define grace again. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And it says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, verse 2, also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Hallelujah. We just got to pause for a minute because you and I are
are standing in the grace right now. God is not angry at you. Now, I know, and you know, and God knows that we are not perfect, right? I'm not perfect. I'm Woe is me, like Isaiah said. I'm still undone. Glory to God. I beheld the Lord. Hallelujah. I saw the Lord and his train filled the temple and the angels cried holy and the presence of the Lord fell in the room when I was praying and I could sense God's goodness and his love when I opened up my Bible and I'm reading in my prayer closet and I'm at the foot of my bed. And you know what it does is it lets me, it makes me aware, whoa, I'm still undone. My sins are still before me, but then I can remember the grace of God. The Bible says we stand in the grace of God. Hallelujah. We stand in the favor of God. What does this word grace mean? We defined it last week. We said that the grace of God, it's the it's the Greek word charis, or you could, I don't know if it's charis, 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 kind of sounds like the word charisma. You think about somebody that has charisma, you can't always put a finger on it, but that person just has something that's from another world. They just, whatever that gift is, whether that charisma is the way that they relate to people, whether it's their beauty, whether it's the way that they express themselves, whether whether it's a talent that God has given them that's clearly a talent because I can't do that. You can't do that. I don't know anybody else that can do that. Like they can do that. That person has charisma. That's what this word grace means. We break it up. It's the word uh, cheris. It's spelled that way and it looks like the word charisma. Uh, so it's it's a similar word, but this word cheris, it's a what it what it is, it's a divine fluid. It's an other, it's another worldly influence. And that other world is the God world. It came from God, right? It's a divine influence of God upon our heart to the degree that it reflects out of our lives. Hallelujah. The grace of God makes you and I look like God. It connects us to God. It makes it clear to other people that we are connected to God. And the Bible says that you and I are standing in that grace right now, that God has saved us. God has delivered us from the peril. He's made us whole. He's kept us from injury. You know, God is, is uh, redeeming us. And but all of that is, is because of his grace, because of his divine influence upon our heart, making it, and then as a result, reflecting in our lives. The word grace, uh, it also means that we have a benefit from God. We have been accepted by Almighty God. We have a favor from God. You have been gifted by Almighty God. You and I have a talent. And that grace that God has given us is so significant that it affords us, it allows us, it has given us the means to walk in joy, to be at peace, to have God's pleasure, his delightness, his sweetness, his charm, his loveliness in our lives. The grace of God is heavy. Grace of God is not, when you say grace, it almost sounds like some kind of a fleeting thing, but I want to tell you this morning by the Holy Ghost, the grace of God is heavy. Did you know the grace of God is heavier than our sins? Now, we know our sins are heavy. We know that when we got born again, it felt like thousands of pounds that we didn't know we were carrying got lifted off of us. And as a result of the Lord Jesus and the blood of Jesus and the grace of God where, where you and I stand, the fact that we have access, hallelujah, into this grace where we stand, as a result of all of that, we are constantly being free from thousands of pounds of sin, of 
past mistakes, of wrong mindsets because of the blood of Jesus. And we've been reconciled and God has given us a new mind. God has given us a new heart, new outlook. Hallelujah. That's the salvation of almighty God. Look at that grace. Look how heavy that grace of God. If you think sin is heavy, the grace of God is even heavier than that. If you think that that our unrighteousness has some force to it, the righteousness of God that we have because of God's grace has even greater force. Glory to God. Look at the grace of God. We're going to continue reading here. Um, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter, we were in Romans chapter 5, verses, verses 1 and 2. And we said that by whom also, verse 2, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, into this favor, into this gifting, into this calling that we have from God, into this divine ability that God has given us. And we can see reflected to other people through our lives. We're standing in the grace of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That God's divine influence is upon your heart, upon my heart and reflecting in our lives. That's the grace of God. You know, we're, we are incapable of saving ourselves. We needed, we needed the Lord to save us. You know, over here, we opened up this morning with John chapter three. We opened up with this guy, Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night and was, you know, talking to Jesus and Jesus was giving him some wisdom and basically telling him that if you're going to come and be with me, you must be born again. What the Lord is saying is that God wants to blow everything up in your life. And he wants you to give your life over to him in fullness. And I want to tell you something about the spirit of God. If you're under the sound of my voice, that is not a one-time decision. That is a decision that you made a long time ago if you've given your, your life to Christ Jesus. But that's a decision that you have to keep making every single day that you're going to stay with the Lord. Hallelujah. Because there are there will always be opportunities. There will always be uh, distraction. There will always be a uh, pearl coming to your life to try to pull you away from Almighty God, to try to lift you away, to try to drag you away from the salvation that God has given you. But you and I have to choose to be chosen every single day. Hallelujah. We can't fall away from God unless we stop choosing the Lord. You know, the Bible does talk about um, people who are backslidden and the Bible says that the person who has backslidden, the person who has slidden back from the salvation that God has so graciously given that person, that person is just filled with his own ways. The Bible says backslider in his heart, he's just filled with his own ways. He's not filled with God's ways anymore. The Bible says that, that Moses, one of the things that distinguished Moses from the people of Israel, it wasn't just that God liked him. You know, God didn't like Moses better that he liked the children of Israel. God loves all his people. If you want to be technical, Moses had as many issues as the people of Israel did. But God used Moses because the Bible says that Moses would go into God's presence. And as a result, Moses knew God's ways. The problem with the people of Israel, they didn't know God's ways. They just saw God's acts. Moses saw God's acts too, but he knew God's ways. You know, God wants to show you he wants to show me his ways. Hallelujah. We only get that through relationship. That's the difference between Moses and the people of Israel that were down there taking the silver and gold that God gave them when he delivered them out of the hand of their enemies after 400 years plus of slavery. They took that 
silver and that gold. And they built an idol and they worshiped it and they made love to it and they cursed at it and they let it curse them. Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They started acting up. And the difference between them and, and Moses was that Moses, he hid himself in the presence of the Lord so that he could learn God's ways. And when you learn God's ways, of course, you're going to see his acts. But if you don't learn God's ways, you may see God's acts, but that's not enough. To, ooh, that's not enough to save you. It is not enough for you to see God's hand in your life. God wants you to know his voice and see his hand. Hallelujah. You know God's voice. You have a relationship with him. You know his ways. Then you'll, you'll, you'll know how to even get God's hand moving in your life. Glory to God. God, we're talking this morning about how we have salvation through God's grace and through the faith of God. We've already divine, defined what salvation is. You know, we've already defined what the grace of God is. I want to close here. We'll talk a little bit about faith because, you know, you the know, salvation part, that's God. That's God, his love for you and I, you know, even the grace part. That's again, God's love for you and I that the Bible, we, we already read it. John chapter three and verse 16, God love you so much that he gave everything. He gave his only begotten word. He gave his only begotten son. He gave the living word, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes in the word, hallelujah, not in Pastor John, right? Not in somebody that you hold in high regard. You know, you can't believe in that person. You must believe in the word of almighty God, the living word, who is Jesus, the anointed. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and without him. That's a quote in John chapter one, verses one and two. Without him was not anything made that was made. And that word, that same word that was in the beginning, God allowed, God sent that word to die for you and I so that we wouldn't perish, so that you and I wouldn't die twice, right? Because you can die in this life and then you would die in the world to come, which is spiritual death. That's eternal separation from God. Jesus came so that you and I won't have to die twice so that we can be saved as many times as we need. Hallelujah. Saved in this life, saved in every way that you can think of in this life, but also saved in the life to come. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten word that whosoever believes in him should not, whoever believes in the word should not perish, but have everlasting life. And God didn't send his word, his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. God is not declaring people guilty, 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 guilty. No, you know what the, you know what the grace of God says? The grace of God is saying that everybody, everywhere, through all the, all the years, all the generations of mankind, the word of God is not saying guilty, guilty, guilty. The word of God is saying, saved, come and get it. Saved, come and get it. Saved, receive it. Saved, here's Jesus. That's what the word of God is saying. And the Bible says that our names actually have to be blotted out of the, the Lamb's book of life. How do our names get blotted out? Because God is already putting it in. When Jesus died on that cross, when he went and slumped over into Sheol and before he ascended to the Father, as soon as that happened, everybody's names got written in the Lamb's book of life and they have to be blotted out. They get blotted out when we say no to Jesus. When we say no to the word. No, I don't need God. 
The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, no, I don't need God. I'm going to blot my name out of the Lamb book of life. That's what the Bible says. The fool has said in his heart, I don't need God. I don't want God. I'm going to do my own thing. You know, you know, a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And we're talking now about faith because the, the, the salvation part, the grace part, that's, that's the goodness of God. That's God's love. But you know what our part is? Our part is we have to be, we have to believe. And that's what faith is. And man, we said this last time, according to Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to turn there real quick. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one, you want to be defining what faith is. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All all faith is, is you being able to believe something, even though you don't have it, even though you can't see it, even though you can't smell it, even though you maybe are not even sure what it looks like, faith can still grab it anyway. Faith can, can still receive it anyway, because there is a trust there. But the faith is not faith unless it's based upon something. Faith has to have something to hold on to. Even though it can't see it, can't touch it, can't smell it, can't feel it. Faith is something to hold on to. You know what faith holds on to? The word of God. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith, the elders, those are you and I's ancestors of faith. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about the people that carry your last name. I'm not talking about your mother's mother or your father's father's mother or your mother's father's mother. I'm talking about your ancestors in faith, my ancestors in faith. In case we're not sure about who we're talking about, the word of God tells us clearly, verse three, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made. That's right there. That'll make you say hallelujah. That things which are seen, things that we can see, they were made by things that we can't see. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then it tells you clearly who, who are those elders we're talking about? Abel, right? That was Adam and Eve's son, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. So Abel, we go to verse five, talks about Enoch. He was translated that he should not see death. He was not found because God had translated him. And then it says in verse six, without faith, it is impossible for you and I to please God. I'm closing. For he that comes to God, this is what faith is. Faith is you and I coming to God through his word and believing it. Hallelujah. Now I'm gonna tell you this right now. Faith may seem like it's hard, especially when there's a lot of stuff coming at us from the left, from the right. Something's trying to apprehend us. You know, there's impending doom in front of us. That's when faith seems hard. But I wanna tell you, faith is not that hard if you and I have a word from Almighty God. It's not, because all faith is, is you and I coming to God. And coming to God again in the morning. Coming to God before we go to bed. Coming back tomorrow. Coming back on Friday. It's you and I coming back next week. We're coming back to God. He that comes to God. Coming to God on a continual basis. That's the person that it'll be easier for that person to believe. Because they've been in God's presence. They've been in, they have, they have taken God's word. And they have placed God's word in front of them like frontlets. Hallelujah. Like putting spectacles on your eyes. Like, you know, in the Old Testament, the frontlets, it was that, it was that, 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 that box that represented the presence of God that they just carry on them all the time. You and I might, in, in 2022, we might wear a necklace, but that necklace 
that you have that chain that somebody gave you, it means something. And whenever you touch it, whenever you, you know, you know, you feel it on your neck, when other people see you, it makes everybody aware that that means something. That's what the word of God is supposed to be on us, like a, like a chain, like, a, like some precious jewelry that we touch it all the time. When you lay down, you can feel it. When you walk around, it's on your neck. When you run, you can feel it moving around. It reminds you, I'm connected to God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Hallelujah. Coming to God constantly, holding the, holding the word before you like spectacles, like a frontlet, like a chain, keeping the word around your neck. Hallelujah. Keeping the word close to you makes it easy for you to believe the word because it's right here. I'm connected to the word and the word is connected to me. I'm one with the word and the word is one with me. Well, of course, I'm going to be able to believe and walk by faith. He that comes to God must believe. He that comes to God must come to God and keep coming. And he will believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God saved you by his grace this morning and tomorrow and last week and next month. God saved you. Hallelujah. He saved you by his grace and through your faith. And unless you believe in God by faith, you know, sometimes when you go into the presence of the Lord and you really experience God's goodness and his mercy and his grace and his favor and his splendor and his majesty, it makes you wonder, God, I don't have anything good enough to offer you when I come into your presence. I'm not good enough. I don't have anything good enough to offer to you. But what can I do, Lord, to, to please you? It's you believing God. It's your faith in the word that pleases you. You want to please God this morning? Walk by faith, not by what it looks like. Keep coming to God. And that'll make, you, make it easy for you to believe God by faith. Keep coming on over and over and over again. Keep showing up in the word of God and in meditation and in worship and in hearing God's word and in keeping God's word in your, in your ears and before your eyes. You know, you keep God's word in front of you like frontlets constantly. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll deliver you from all kinds of things just because your mind has been connected to God's word. You know, you won't have any room to be in all kinds of iniquity and all kinds of idolatry and all kinds of backsliding and all kinds of wickedness. You won't be able to, you won't be able to, to hold on to that because you're so captivated because you keep coming to God and you're walking by faith. You're believing. Hallelujah. Art, the salvation that God has for you, it was, it was past. It is present. It will be future. And it is not just of this world. And whatever realm of this world we're touching, it's also of the next world, the world to come. That salvation is through God's grace. And that grace is God's divine influence upon your heart, upon my heart, that's so strong that it's reflecting that other people can see it. That's the grace of God. Somebody has the grace of God. It's the Greek word charis, charis, however you want to say it. And it means like the word charisma. It's a gift from another world. It's something that's distinctive. That is, it's obvious that it's not just this person. They, that, that's, this is something else. That's the grace of God that you and I have access to. And it's by your faith. It's by your ability to believe God, to take God at his word. And faith is easy if you keep showing up, if you keep coming to God. Verse 6 of, of Hebrews 11, I'm going to read it one more time. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. And we want to please God. We want to be able to offer something up to God. 
We know that we are not sufficient in and of ourselves, but God loves us anyway. God made us. God loves us anyway. But what can we do to please him? Well, without faith, it's impossible to please. It's faith that pleases God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Father, we thank you right now for your word. We praise you. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord God, that you have taken everyone on this call from devastation to restoration. You've taken everyone on this call from the low place to the high place. We thank you, Lord God, that you have taken everyone on this call from poverty to riches, from foolishness to wisdom, from nadir to zenith. We give you glory and praise, Father God, that you have redeemed us. Hallelujah. Not by our own might, nor our own power, but by your spirit. We give you glory and praise for the Lord Jesus Christ, our elder brother, the captain of our salvation, the bishop and lover of our souls, the high priest of our profession. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have, you have delivered us. Hallelujah. That you have made us whole. And we ask you, Father God, to let your word that has gone forth this time, whenever we are, wherever we are, however we are, we thank you, Lord God, that this word will materialize in our heart, that we have absorbed it in our spirit, that our ears have heard what the spirit of God is saying. We have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord has said. And we thank you, Father God, that your word has delivered us and your word has made us whole and your word has rejoined us and reconnected us and remembered us and put us back together again. And your word has caused us to be renewed. And we give you praise and glory right now in Jesus name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you so much for joining us. We bless you in the name of the Lord and we encourage you to stay strong, stay close to the Lord, keep worshiping God, stay in God's presence. Hallelujah. And stay connected to people who love God like you do. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. Lord bless you. We'll see you next time. Hallelujah.